You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject coming up is Dirk Sawyer or Dirk Sauer. My apologies, Dirk, if you're listening. Dirk's from the outfit, a German outfit called Ed Guy. The reason for the conversation is to promote Ed Guy's career retrospective, which has been released in 2017 and it is called Monuments. An appropriate title, really. So let's have a listen to what Dirk has to say. Here we go. How have you been going, sir? Well, I'm doing pretty good. The sun is shining. It's turning into summer here right now. So, uh, yeah, we're going to start the festival season next week with that guy, celebrating with our friends and friends. So nothing really to worry about. Fantastic. And, and Ed Guy are releasing a greatest hits or a fan favorites package called Monuments on July 14. Now, this is cause for celebration because I understand that the release includes an album of carefully selected tracks from the band's career, a concert that was filmed in Sao Paulo in 2014, in Brazil, of course, mm-hmm. all, all of the band's music videos. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. And probably the uh, the crowning piece de resistance, if you like, is a coffee book table that chronicles the band career, band's career. So it is a release that offers tribute to the tremendous accomplishments of the band over the past 25-odd years. So, Dirk, in your own words, how would you summarise Ed Guy's career to date? Uh, well, for me, myself, it's, it's, uh, it's a big, big thing in my life, of course, because when we started the band, we were kids, 14 years old, and we... Yeah, met at the rehearsing room of our former drummer to cover the music we like to. And uh, it turned out to be our job for like many, many years now. And uh, yeah, it took us all over the world, uh, made it possible that we can play uh, shows to our fans in Australia and South America, in Asia, all over Europe, in North America. Um, It's just great. And I'm really thankful for those 25 years and um yeah i have i have had the chance to to live that kind of dream because uh, i'm just happy for for and thankful for living that life so far and uh this is the reason why we want to celebrate this now and um yeah hopefully there's another 25 years to come in the future yeah no agreed and the band started playing heavy metal at a time where there was very little love for the genre internationally you wrote metal instead of making more contemporary sounds due to the various musical trends through each era, such as grunge, new metal, or any one of the you know hardcore, metalcore, or core prefixed, prefixed genres. What's kept the band going for so long? Well, like you said, it wasn't a world. It was also a worldwide problem that heavy metal was out back then in the mid 90s i mean even the bands we started with here in our hometown area they were all like playing that modern kind of music like pantera for example was pretty pretty hip and that kind of stuff but we always said to ourselves we have to we have to focus on the on the things you you really do with your heart and you really love to do because that's the things you you're willing to to put in 120% 120% in your work and um, for some reason it pays out to to be honest to yourself I mean I know a lot of yeah, musicians there they've been uh, I don't know they had big hair <laughs> in the <laughs> 80s then they had different 
styles in the 90s and another different style in the 2000s. But they don't have their own style, you know? And um, I think it's, it's hard to explain. You just have to be true to yourself. It sounds, sounds pretty, pretty strange, not strange, pretty, uh, yeah, written in many, many uh, biographies, but it's, yep. it's really like that. If, you, if you're true to yourself, um, you're true to your fans, and this is what counts in the end. Yeah, I think, um, and my next question is going to allude to this point, but I think metal's in your DNA, no matter where you're from, whether it's New Zealand, Australia, Germany, Iceland, or Canada. Exactly. And, and if, you, if, you, if you continue, it doesn't matter if you're listening to good music or if you do the good music. It, it belongs together. And um, if, you, if you really, if you're that, like you say, you have it in your DNA, it's there. And it's going to be there. And um, I hope that a lot of people keep it in their DNA for a long, long time. Because I, I think especially nowadays, the kids, the, some of them are missing that point of enjoying music and really yeah. listening to music. Not like listening to something that is streamed the whole day and you have a pool of 20 million songs, you, you don't even know what to pick. And, yes, um, yeah. I think it's you, they should really take the time and carefully decide what's their type of music. I don't really care if they're listening to to uh, black metal or whatever, but it's I think it's a good thing that you choose your favorites on your own. And uh, when I was a kid, I was like happy when I bought a new CD, and I did that very often in the beginning because you have to collect the money first and then um, when you have a new CD you listen to it over and over and over and you listen to this album like for three weeks just one album but then you know everything from this album and but you still don't know how Jakey e. Lee plays his guitars on that shitty record <laughs> so uh, it's yep. it's like really having a relationship to music and not like just passing it by it's it's listening to it and enjoying it and having a good time and not listen to too many bands just pick the ones you really love and be happy with it yeah you make a really good point about jk lee because he was certainly a massive influence on myself as a guitar player and um i listened i think i wore out the tapes that i had of bark at the moon and the ultimate sin um yeah. and look the ultimate sin has gone on to become one of my favorite all-time records but um there are some questionable tracks on on both of course some slower moments and some moments that probably wouldn't be there but do you do you, my point would be this though do you think that back in the day when you and i were growing up with cassette tapes and cds and even you know people a bit older than us um grew up with vinyl it wasn't a choice back then it was that's what the medium was um do you think that young fans coming through are given the same opportunity to really live with music or is the psychology of streaming services changing people's views so much now that they just simply don't persevere they give things about 30 seconds opportunity to embed itself and if it doesn't then they move on to the new thing it's hard it's i mean of course there's a big chance to 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 broadcast your product or your music to to lots of fans using the internet using whatever if it's a streaming uh, offer or it's youtube or, or facebook or whatever it's a big chance, but I, I, me myself, I have a big problem with that 
mass of information you you're not able to consume that and i'm i'm sometimes really pissed off because of this information i don't want to see if i open up facebook for example it's like um yes. are you still there yes, yes. yes. Yep. it's it's and it's it's uh, it's so hard to choose and this is I, of course i tried napster and all that stuff as well but yeah I'm not the type of guy because it's it's for me I'm sitting there and it takes like 10 minutes to pick the first record because you're like oh, okay I could listen to this but then ah no I could shall I listen to an old victory ah they don't have it <laughs> it's so hard to to choose and if I just take those playlists they offer for example yes. which is okay but then it's like I'm I'm pissed because they play songs I don't want to hear yes yeah. <laughs> um I wouldn't say I'm too picky, but it's you lose too much time. And if I just put on UFO Strangers in the Night, yes, excellent. I yep. know what I get. I know right away what I love, and I say, ah, wow, the next track, yeah, that's it. Michael Schenker, best time of his life, you know. And this is what what people should feel when they listen to music, like really having an, especially when you're a kid. I mean, I have a lot of records that I started to listen to when I was young, and you have a kind of romantic relationship. There are also bands yeah. I wouldn't listen to nowadays, but for some reason, when I was 16 years old, 16 years old, I just loved them. Yeah. And I listened to them, and when I listen to it now, of course, I share memories, and, and that's what people are really missing nowadays, because they're just sitting there with their cell phones and uh, listening to a stream channel, and they don't even know anything about the 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 artist that is behind that music, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Now you make a really good point, and it's also a point that um, Brian Slagle from uh, the head of Metal Blade Records made on one of the recent Jamie Jaster podcasts. Um, were, it's either Pandora or um, Spotify. He's saying that metal and rock are unique to the rest of the genres in that that the people listening to metal and rock tend not to go so much for the playlists. So what you're saying alludes to the point that rock and metal fans, by our DNA, I'll refer to that, you know, that word again, DNA, we tend to want to stick with the artist. So we just want to put on a record to so say, if I want to put on an Ed Guy record, I'll put on an Ed Guy record. That's it. I won't necessarily blend Ed Guy with Morbid Angel and then say J.K. Lee's Red Dragon Cartel, for example. Yeah. If I've got people over and if we're having some some beverages and a barbecue or something, it's a bit different, but I'm passively listening to the music, so it's effectively background noise. But Exactly. That's that's why, I, for example, if I'm if I, having friends here, I, I, I love having a, an iTunes playlist, but it's a playlist I do, or we have this on the sleeper bus when we go on tour. We had, like, fun tours when we when everybody was, like, bringing his iPod and everybody could, could show up uh, and play his kind of music to, to the others and having a good party. But it's not like your own thing and you're really sitting down and enjoying music. I mean, I have to say the older I get, the less time I have to, to really enjoy music at home, for example, yes. sitting there. Great, but yeah. but I, if I do, I really try to pick the music I like. Of course, I'm open-minded to new stuff, but often it's like things that are like 30 years old, for example. Yeah, no, agreed. It's a funny old world these days, actually, because I, I recently, and when I say invested, it's a, it's probably a 35-year-old Denon cassette player, but I've got two young daughters, and 
I went onto eBay because I couldn't find any cassettes in where I live in Australia. They just weren't for sale anywhere. But <laughs> of all places, as far flung as Poland, there's a few eBay sellers that are selling all these classic records by Celtic Frost and Morbid Angel and the like. So of course I've bought all of these records of these these cassettes. And I'm now playing okay. them at home. I'm now playing them at home. And I'm getting my daughters to you pick, and of course they pick what color they want. So the red ones, because they're yeah. the closest ones to pink, of course, they pick them. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so we're listening to we're listening to a lot of deaths. The sound of perseverance as a consequence. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, but I guess you know it's that interactive experience too, isn't it? That's what I'm trying to do for my, for my kids is give them that interactive experience. And apart from listening to some great artists, but. Uh, yeah, look, it's 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 funny how things evolve, but in some ways everything old is new again and there's nothing to stop us from getting cassettes or vinyl, of course. I'm big into vinyl. And I'll ask you that question. Do you have a, a vinyl collection? Uh, not really. Well, because when I started in the in the late 80s, uh, I had a, a bunch of cassettes, of course, and the, we were like, when we started Ed Guy, we, we traded a lot of cassettes inside the band with Jens and stuff. He was like, and I, I had a CD player pretty early. And um, yeah, that was actually the time. I have a few. I have a Racer's Edge from ACDC and some 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 a few numbers of records, but not that much. Cool. Let's talk about uh, Germany for a moment, because Germany is, um, not, if not the hotbed, one of the hotbeds of heavy metal and hard rock. Consistently over about how long has heavy metal and hard rock been around for? Well, ever since UFO or or Sabbath really sort of kicked things off under that gear. So thirty five, forty odd years or so. What do you think it is about Germany and the German people and their love of heavy metal? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I think it's Germany and, and Great Britain. They're basically responsible for for all that shit. And um, I don't know why it is like that. Probably it's it's the the tradition of of uh, playing musical instruments or whatever. I, I have no idea. Yeah. But, for some reason, uh, I love it because it's good that way. I mean, we have a lot of a big scene here in, in Germany, of course, and um, I think it's a lot harder if you uh, if you're a metal band from Transylvania, for example, it might get hard <laughs> to to start something. Yeah. Or from uh, Serbia or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I was pretty happy to to start that in Germany, but. Uh, also, my hometown was like not really the the. It's not really called the L.A. of Germany. It's more like a. It's a nice town, but it's not really rock and rollish. So yeah, um, but where about are you from originally? What town? Uh, in a town is called Fulda. I'm still living here, and I uh-huh. pretty much enjoy living here, raising my kids here. It's perfect. It's yeah. kind of quiet, kind of small. But there's no scene at all. There was a small scene when we started, but for some reason, all these little clubs disappeared when you could do live shows in the weekends. And uh, yeah, it's uh, they, the, this whole uh, disco thing started again. So there, there were some some big yeah. clubs uh, raising, but it's uh, it's not really hip anymore to play an instrument which is also a bad thing because kids should really i mean you can't force them and if they're not talented and if they don't want to you should leave them alone but you could work on it. it's much better to play the flute than doing yeah. snapchat oh god yeah 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 you've just touched on a really important point there i'm i'm of a very firm belief that i mean i did when i was growing up i had an opportunity to play 
instruments such as uh, violin, clarinet. I even went on tours as I was in, I was in a choir. I can't I can I can kind of sing these days, but nowhere near good enough to sing in a choir or what have you. But um, are we are we globally? Do you think? I mean, let, let's talk about Germany and Australia because that's where we're from. I don't, and it might be the same in Germany, but I just don't feel as though there's the emphasis on learning musical instruments with kids from a young age they can sort of pick something up for five minutes and and put it down is that an illusion am i reading too much into things there or is that how it is in germany as well but i think it's a matter of 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 parents now i mean if if the parents are in that generation um, that are not interested in those kind of things and i would totally say it's a cultural thing with with art music and all that stuff I mean, you can't force things with kids, but um, you have to to offer this. And of course, I mean, of course, I bought a small guitar for my boys, even if they don't play it. And I'm not sure yeah. if they ever start playing guitar. But I thought, hey, come on, it's thirty bucks. Uh, it's fun to have it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> of course, sometimes they just pick it and uh, pose like daddy, which is pretty cool. But yeah. if they're not into <laughs> it, uh, I just don't do it. But you have to to offer it and this is what is so easy nowadays because i mean when i started you had to to yeah the investment was was much higher for the parents there was like one shop in our town and they had to buy this classical guitar for like 300 deutschmarks yeah. or whatever yeah and nowadays you can really from an on-tail, uh, online retail store you you get a guitar which is okay to try for 50 bucks so there's nothing really yes. you can do wrong. And if you don't need it, you can sell it on eBay for like 43 bucks. Yeah. So you lose seven Or seven even euros. make a profit, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah, or make a profit. Yeah. And um, I think it's a perfect way to, to start doing music, but you have to want to do it. And um, I mean, I was like an old father, or I am kind of, because... Uh, my kids are quite young, so I started pretty late. But if people are like 20 or something, they're into that cell phone, smartphone generation. Yes. Yep. I'm not sure if they have the time to play an instru- instrument because they're so busy the whole day doing all these things nobody really needs. I mean, I'm. No, I agree. My I mean, niece, for example, she's 13 yeah. and. She has so much fun with all those things going on, like Snapchat and all that shit. I mean, it's fun to to watch it once or twice or whatever, and it's good for a laugh. But ah, it's so it's such a waste of time, in my opinion. I mean, no, I'm with you. It's um, it's I like it's something that occupies your time, but you don't actually come out of it with a skill. And like exactly, it's it's killing time, which is like watching TV. That was maybe a thing when I was a kid. Where, where some some of the parents just didn't care about if the kids watch like TV for like three or four or five hours. Yeah. Uh, we've been the kids. We 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 went out and we, I don't know, uh, were biking and doing things with friends, like going out in the nature and whatever, doing something. Because I live in a small village here, and everything is green around us. So, uh, and that's what my what my kids, for example, love as well. They they just like to play in the garden and just be outside which is good in yeah. my opinion yeah no agreed yeah is it is it what's the climate like where you are there is it fairly um at this time of year i suppose you're going into spring or uh, is it called oh, yeah, it's, it's first first day of summer for you isn't it first day of winter for us today so there uh, you go no it's 20 21st of june i think 
but it, it turns to be summer now. So it's uh, the last week was pretty cool. Very, 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 I think, 30 degrees or something. I look pretty hot 30 for degrees. that time. Yeah, gosh, yep. Uh, but it's nice. It's, I love it. Is it the, is it the uh, 31st of May where you are, is it, at the moment? Uh, I didn't realise. No, first, first of June, yeah, first of, today, yeah, first or? of June. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm just thinking, gosh, are we um, are we that far behind or are or ahead? But never mind. Sorry, I digress. Um, Dirk, I'll just do a time check. How are we going for time? Oh, we're good. Just like a few more minutes. Wonderful. All right. Now I have three questions that I ask all of my interview subjects. So I would love it if you could humour me here and play along. And your answers can be as not safe for work as you like, because we are an R-rated program. So here goes. Choose three words to describe yourself. Uh, that's a hard question. Uh, funny, um, trustable, and uh, working horse. Yep. Uh, if you could go back to when you were 18 and give yourself some advice, what would you say? I should practice more guitar. <laughs> You'd become Ingwe Malmsteen then, though, wouldn't you? No, I would never become, but <laughs> it could have been more practice back then. Cool. <laughs> and it's, it's easier when you're younger. It is, yes. Yeah, that's the only, the, the only statement that I remember someone much older than me when I was a kid giving me, uh, telling me when I was a kid was, youth is wasted on the young, and they were so, so correct. They were so correct. Yeah. Final question. What five guests, living or dead, would you invite to dinner? Oh, poo. first of all, I would probably pick my wife, and um, then I would love to have Phil Lynott, maybe from Thin Lizzy. Mm, awesome. Yep. It's gonna be probably all the dead ones because. With the other ones, there might be a possibility to catch them some somehow. Exactly. Yep. Um, Ronnie James Dio. I mean, I had the chance to to share the stage with him a few times, which was great. But awesome. he was just like a, one of the best singers in in history, in my opinion. Um, bon Scott, of course. Mm -hmm. He was even more one of the best singers in history because it's like, yeah, the, the, this band was so great. When I mean I wasn't even alive when they started and they just they've done it great. I've listened to a to a funny funny version of uh, it's a long way to the top from a female singer, <laughs> and it's it's such a great song. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the uh, I play in cover bands and uh, I can't tell you how many singers out there emulate Bon Scott. He in Australia in Australia he's the patron saint of our pub and rock scene. Yeah, we have a we have a, a, a an ACDC cover band. They are good friends of us, and they have a singer. It's hilarious. It's amazing how good he is. If you go there, and the band, all the band is really good. They, if you close your eyes, you think he's there. It's really amazing. They're called Fake. Um, <laughs> you, you should check it. But oh, he's well. really, really good. They they do it for fun. It's a fun cover band, and well, they're doing it. I think well, 25 years now. Uh, yep. What's the name and, of the band, uh, sorry? Is it, did you say fake? F-A-K-E. F-A-K-E. Yep. Okay, you'll look them up. You can check it out. Yep. And, uh, yeah, who else um, could be on this table? 
I would probably pick John Lennon as well. Yeah, that's and Elvis one. would be nice. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, very musically slanted, but uh, totally expected from a guitarist of your caliber. So there you go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's about it. Have you got any final words for Australian listeners? Actually, this podcast goes everywhere. I've got listeners in Bosnia and all sorts of places. But any final words for the listeners? Well, yeah, of course. A big, big, big thank you for supporting us for those 25 years. And um, I hope to catch some of you on the upcoming Monuments Tour. And, um, yeah, stay rockish. Uh, keep it in your DNA, like you said, and uh, yeah, I see you somewhere someday, and uh, yeah, hopefully for another 25 years. Fantastic. Well, on that note, congratulations on a wonderful career. You're an excellent guitarist, and I'll definitely be in the audience, and hopefully I'll be able to share a beer with you when you guys come down to Australia. Thank you so much. Pleasure, mate. No worries. Have a good one. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks, mate. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Dirk Sawyer, or Dirk Sauer, from the German power metal outfit, Ed Guy. Thanks so much for listening.